This is Unclaimed Bands, show 42. Hey, music listeners, this is Sean from Unclaimed Bands, and tonight we're uh, talking with Kevin Frank from Silvertide. Uh, thank you very much for taking time to join with uh, join us here, Kevin. Hey, Sean, what's up, buddy? Sorry it took so long. Glad we are finally on the phone. <laughs> well, you know, with the week you guys are going to be having, uh, this show coming up this 9th uh, on March is going to be... Uh, going to be pretty busy for you all, so uh, we'll just make this real quick and get some information out to everybody. So the first question I wanted to ask you is, well, first off, actually, I'm a big fan of Silvertide. I have been for for years since you guys came out. Saw you a couple times uh, when you were playing, and uh, I'm happy as anything that you guys are doing this show, but how did this uh, reunion come about? I mean, how, how did it all start? Uh, I will try to nutshell that answer, but I mean, uh, you know, to be honest, there's not really a clear answer to that, but to my memory... Uh, it seemed like about six, seven months ago, I was moving from my house in Hatfield up to the Lehigh Valley, and uh, I posted a bunch of pictures on Facebook of all the stuff I found while I was moving in storage of Silvertide from, you know, ridiculous uh, pictures of other bands signed and pictures no one should ever see uh, with other bands and funny stuff going on and different signed drum heads and all different stuff that we did and pranks we did on each other and all kinds of crazy memorabilia. And uh, it was kind of the first time all five of us in the band really talked in a little while because we've had moments over the last five years. Everyone's stayed in the industry and done a lot of things, but you know, so I sort of tied everybody on Facebook, and everybody started to laugh a little bit about certain pictures and certain things. And also, besides that, we saw like I saw like a huge influx of people who would respond to these Facebook pictures or anything summertime related. I mean, I do all this different stuff locally and booking and video stuff and work with bands in the studio and other stuff and people respond on Facebook a lot but as soon as I were anything so retired it was just an overwhelming response because it's been so long and uh, everyone in the parents sort of did the same thing and realized you know that was the same response no matter what they posted about whatever they're personally doing one way or another if you post anything so retired related like 10 times more people just instantly respond and start the word and this one is and so we you know, we realized there's a big fan base out there, and uh, sort of a little bit, in my mind, I don't know if everyone thinks I'm a band. That was sort of a little bit of a prelude to a discussion that Nick, the lead guitarist, brought up about uh, the reunion in general, about you know bringing the band back together, making some new songs, recording a new CD, doing a couple shows, um, seeing where it goes from there. Gotcha. Wow. Okay. Well, that was very concise. <laughs> I appreciate that. Um, so, you know, I guess my next question would be, you know, when you guys decided to do this, the first time that you got together all in a room to, I guess, rehearse and play together again, what was that like for, for you personally? And, you know, what was the kind of general vibe in the room? Uh, it's funny. The first rehearsal, I mean, um, you know, we've all been, we were talking for a couple months online because half the band lives in L.A. and half still lives here in Pennsylvania or the surrounding area. And uh, we were talking online probably once every other week or so, just doing like iChat sessions and stuff like that. And a little bunch of emails back and forth. So we already were pretty well acquainted with each other already. We already, you know, uh, started started having family fights again. You know, all the usual mm-hmm. bad stuff. You know, before we met each other again. Uh, I'm just saying that in a joking matter. But you know, <laughs> it was, it, it actually seeing each other again, though, and playing music together again was pretty, uh, for a lack of a better word, it doesn't sound as stereotypical, pretty magical. I mean, uh, but it really was just playing together again. Surprising how how much it just sounded like you never stopped after seven years. <laughs> well, that's cool. Uh, I think that was pretty shocking. Everyone's done a million musical projects since then, and everyone, you know, unanimous, unanimously agreed that that was, you know, from the first hit of the first song, sort of, you know, feel like a glove kind of deal. Cool, cool. 
Well, your your upcoming show at the TLA is uh, was sold out very quickly, and uh, I mean, it sounds to me like with the reactions that you got from the Facebook pages and all that. But were you guys quite surprised at how how quickly it sold out, and 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 what positive reactions you're still getting after all these years? Yeah, I think so. I think, like I said in first in your question, a little bit I hinted at sort of one of the main reasons that we you know thought about getting the band back together was just because there was surprisingly still all these years later just a fan base out there that wanted it and a surprising amount of people that anytime you mention anything Silver Tie would say you know back then before we, re- we announced the reunion you know like haha when's the band getting back together even if like, you know, it's been like seven years and a typical response for years was who knows about that I don't know uh, but you know I think uh, you know so it is definitely surprising still we didn't know you know booking the show and everything I, I booked it at the TLA and I wasn't sure you know, talking to them in advance and doing the show and all the details, I wasn't really exactly sure how fast it would sell or how many tickets it would sell and, you know, trying to do projections mm-hmm. and all that was kind of really difficult for this because it's not like something else I book where I know the bands and how much they draw and yada yada. Mm-hmm. It's really just like, uh, I don't know, we're going to do the Silvertide show and hopefully it sells out, you know, at all, let alone pretty fast. But it was definitely shocking to see within, you know, 13 days it was sold out uh, really quickly. Yeah, I think I think on Facebook today I saw uh, Nick post a photo of a ticket saying they had to buy tickets from a fan in order to get, get his family in because it sold out so quick. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> uh, That's very you know, cool. It's going to be announced tomorrow, but um, I just discovered, not discovered, but just running different numbers and things like that tonight when doing paperwork for the show, that uh, we're going to have some extra tickets that I'm going to give to Jackson to give away on WWR tomorrow. Oh, that's great. Um, so he's going to give away four tomorrow into batches of two and four on Friday in batches of two. Um, so that's, you know, for anyone listening to MMR out there for Jackson's uh, time frame, they're going to give away four each four each day. So it'll be cool. Cool. Very cool. So uh, I was reading in an interview you guys did, uh, I guess, uh, right around the time you did the meet and greet at Pat's. Uh, that after the show at the TLA, uh, Silvertide's going to go back into the studio to work on a new record. And uh, I understand possibly at the show, maybe or not, you, you guys might, uh, you know, preview some new material. But what I wanted to ask is, when you go back in and record, are, besides brand new material, are you guys going to be, you know, using any of the body of the work that, of the songs you didn't finish before? Like, uh, you know, when I guys were on hiatus? Uh, it was a funny question because I actually... You know, uh, I wish I had the band here with me so I could figure out if I'm right or wrong in answering that question without being massively yelled at tomorrow <laughs> uh, in terms of what, you know, we all collectively as a band have even decided together yet or not. And <laughs> what's being said, because we don't want to say anything that may or may not happen, you know, I don't want to so, mislead anybody. But, I mean, but, but to, the short answer to that is, you know, we're we're going into the studio to record an EP, not a CD. We're going to definitely going to be doing that. Okay. And some of that has definitely been discussed. And there's 80 songs people never heard. Um, and it's been months and months back and forth over email. People being like, "Hey, remember this song?" And honestly, no one remembered it. Like talking about all the songs for months. You know, someone would just randomly send a song that we recorded pro and <laughs> did everything right, and everyone just completely forgot about. <laughs> yeah, so that's definitely been talked about rehashing some things that people never heard. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, um, you know, as far as, um, you know, I, I, well, you already kind of touched on one thing. So it, it, with writing, I mean, how do you think when, when writing styles, how do you think they're going to change, if at all, since from the time when you were teenagers, because, you know, you're all in your 20s now, 
and, and some of you yeah. like yourself have kids. Yeah, I mean, I don't think, you know, for the for this project, for what Silverstar is and the point of this reunion, and I don't think that's going to really change much. In fact, I think everyone's, you know, the fun and the joy of this is to sort of make an album that is what we consider all these years later in retrospect, what's special about Silvertide, what people like about Silvertide, not to try to do something innovative and change the band's sound and do this and that and the other thing because we've all changed and grown up and we've all worked on freaking a thousand records since then. I don't think that's really, I uh, know that's not the concept. In fact, if there's any concept, it's to stay as close as possible to the original Silvertide sound and structure of songwriting, whether that's lyrical content or the riffs themselves or whatever it may be. The concept is to really stay as true to that sound as possible. Oh, excellent, excellent, because I love that sound, trust me. Um, yeah, I mean, I have, I have three kids, and I uh, love writing and recording children's music, but that certainly has nothing to do with Silvertide. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a hidden track or something. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. I'm working on this. I'm um, producing this CD for um, this guy, a great good friend and a fellow producer named Kevin Mackey, um, who won the Grammy for Best Children's uh, Album two years ago mm -hmm. in 2012. And I'm producing the new CD that you're doing um, for this year. So hopefully, hopefully that'll be my first Grammy nomination. We'll see. But that's Fingers that's crossed. a separate thing. That's where we can use my kids as an influence. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That'll be part of your acceptance speech, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, definitely. So, if I win anything, my kids are getting thanked, that's for sure. Cool, cool, cool. For uh, for this, uh, for well, when you go in to do this EP, you're going to be, from what I understand, you're going to be working with David Ivory again, who worked on your first one and then worked on Show and Tell. Is that more to uh, just, you know, let's not fool with uh, like what you were saying trying to stay close to the sound is, is working with him is that a choice to, to kind of keep oh, yeah. the sound thing I mean definitely I mean besides the fact that we all were being friends with Dave I'm very good personal friends with him he's been a great role model for me being a producer and getting into bands and every time I build a studio or something you know the first one I did I called Dave and he gave me some hidden hints and we're good close friends like that besides that though it definitely you know we talked about probably about 10 different producers who would do it um, from people that are all known all over the country um, to different local friends to whatever it may be. And we all just sort of agreed, you know, the point of this whole thing is to sort of, you know, rewind 10 years ago and see where we were at what we see as either the height of the band or the peak or the most fun, more like the most fun, not the peak of the band. The peak of the band was totally fun, but things got a little bit real. We were on tour and the whole world and, you know, it was different experience so we wanted to sort of rewind even before that when we were all really young and we recorded our first cd before we were even signed or cd that got assigned that dave did mm -hmm. and also the first ep american excess that dave did um sort of that was all pre anything you know big time quote unquote for us and it sort of puts us back into a spot that you just sort of reminisce of like, you know, for example, your first girlfriend or something. You yeah, know, if you ever yeah. think of those moments and you think of like how that was, if you just want to go back to that moment in time just for fun. Um, you know, sort of like that. Yeah, kind of recapture what it was like being new again. Kind of deal. Yeah, okay. and Dave, I mean, besides that, Dave is an amazing producer and he really, you know, besides, you yeah, he's, know, he's got a great pedigree. Yeah, besides giving us amazing experience and all, but it was more about friendship and the you know, the producer band relationship is extremely important to the outcome of the recording. And you know, more than anything, uh, everyone all everyone all produces now. Everyone does this now and the other thing. We would never self produce, but besides that, we trust Dave with 
you know, with his opinions on the band and what it should sound like and what, you know, all the things that really made people care about Silvertide way back when we were just kids, you know, I think he really gets that more than anyone. Well, you know, obviously along the lines of uh, talking about production and all that, when Silvertide went on hiatus, for lack of a better word, uh, you know, everybody kind of moved in different things. And some people stayed with other bands and all that, but you opened Silver Sound Productions. And uh, mm-hmm. can you can you t- can you tell us what was the inspiration to move into that and not like just say jump into another band? And... Well, uh, that was definitely a personal decision of mine in terms of I mean I always did all, I always had a brutal ring on the back of the bus or you know would record jams with other bands backstage and just do demos on the road and you know doing like you know different multi track rigs to eventually Pro Tools and an inbox on the back of the bus all that stuff I was always you know into it and so were a couple of the guys in the band mm-hmm. so I'm as a hobby and for doing whatever but I recorded a couple of bands on the side some of my relatives um, just for fun some friends during Silvertide but sort of when it was over um, you know when Silvertide first you know ended round one let's say uh, for, like you said start of the hiatus however you want to phrase that yeah. you know that was uh, that was exactly one week to date before my first child was born and now she's six and a half but I mean uh, and I have three but for me, it was more about, you know, the band thing, as great as it is, it's the most fun, awesome thing in the world, the best job in the world, for sure. You know, there's definitely some things that are, it's not good for. One of those is being uh, a father and a parent and a husband and all that stuff. And at that point, that was just, for me, personally, that, that part of life was opening up for me. So I wasn't going to, you know, go try to jump on tour with a couple different bands that, that was offered to me for different national, different big things and decent money and whatever. I mean, it didn't really matter. It was like, you know, this is my dream for the last five years. I did this and out of nowhere for one reason or another. It's sort of ending when I'm 21. Um, am I going to start that again or am I going to, you know, take a different path in life right now and figure it out and be home with my wife and kids and figure mm-hmm. it out, you know? Mm-hmm. No, no, absolutely. And I'm, I was taking a look at, uh, you know, some of the bands you've worked with, like John and Brittany, Mach 22, Mother. I mentioned them because they're, they're bands we've interviewed before, and you did really good work. I mean, I know that talking with them, that they're uh, they're real happy with it. So, oh, you know, cool. it's always, always good like that. Yeah, no, definitely. Well, I mean, the guys in um, Mother I've known forever since Silvertide back in the day. I knew Nick Fargo, the singer I did, played drums on a couple of tracks that he was producing when he was like 17. Uh, when I was in the middle of tour, I came to his parents' house and recorded drums on this track and uh, we've known each other forever. And uh, the guys in Mach 22, um, I played drums on their first uh, CD and ended up produced it and uh, I was kind of in that band for a little bit. We never played out live. I just didn't have the time, unfortunately. But, you know, I played with with Ty and Lamont and those guys, and uh, it was a really fun experience doing that for sure. Yeah, they're really good guys. So, this next question is going to be a little off the wall, maybe, but I looked everywhere on the internet and I did not see anybody ask you or ask the band this. Okay, so how. Ask, the, ask me where? Ask me what? I, I, did, I could not find anywhere on the internet where anybody asked you or the band this question, so. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's a setup for something really great or. Lackluster, but so how did you guys get involved with M. Night Shyamalan and get into that movie? No one ever asked us that, huh? I guess the uh, I, I know, find the, it. the internet wasn't that fancy back when we were uh, <laughs> famous back then. You know, Facebook was just getting created as we were, you know, ending round one. Yep. So not even, I don't even think that was like two years later or something like that, but uh, either way, you know, it ended for us, I guess, 2007. But um, anyway, there's definitely... I guess we didn't do too much press about that anyway, but 
Are you asking how that came about? How yeah. Did he have yeah, I mean, how did he get to well, notice you, or, you know? Or? Well, that was totally him, actually. I mean, Ed Light is a really cool, super down-to-earth, silly kind of guy. Um, and he always, as everyone knows into all his crews and all his movies, he always involves, like, silly people only. Pretty much all the crew is from Philly. He always shoots around Philly. Mm-hmm. He does, you know, all, all that stuff. He's, like, very, you know, it's important to him to do everything and represent Philadelphia where he came from one way or another. And um, so, of course, when he did that, that movie shot in Bristol, PA. Um, he um, he said, "Well, I'm going to get a band to play this party, and it's got to be a Philly band. And what Philly rock bands do I like? And there's that band Silver Tide. And he came to us and uh, approached us about it. And of course, we were going to say yes, no matter what he offered. <laughs> um, but I mean, uh, that was a really super fun experience. And um, you know, besides actually being on set of the, of the movie for a couple weeks and filming that and all." Um, we had a really fun time writing, you know, those those covers we did. It was it was pretty much involved with him actually. We did two covers of Bob Dylan songs. Mm-hmm. He um he picked those songs um, for us to do specifically. You know, do this song and do this song. Oh, wow. And we were we were sort of touring when we were told this and when we first met, we met with him and we sort of tried to I mean, writing songs on tour is kind of hard um, in terms of arrangements and you know actually playing you try to do a little bit here and there sound check for five minutes maybe on a day off get a you know a rehearsal room and play it's kind of difficult though I remember trying to write like that write different versions of how these songs would sound it was kind of hard uh, but eventually we came up with like two or three different completely different styles how to play each song and um, you know we played them for him at Studio 4 in Conchahawken with uh, Phil Piccolo we uh, uh-huh. that. We uh, he came to the studio. And we're like, you know, we showed him this is what we've been working on. This is how they're sounding. And he gave us some feedback, you know. And he just flat out said something like, "Well, how about sounds more like this?" And he sang like a riff, or you know, compared to a couple of different artists or different tempos of that genre. And we just right there on the spot, you know, we're playing things with him in the room, you know, we'll have something like this by a measure, you know. And he would, you know, he was sort of giving us 100% directional, you know, opinion on where to go with it. So that really was a cool experience with him. Really, you know, we played him a couple of different versions. He said, oh, you know, I definitely want to go with that. You know, definitely, you know, we would just play him a couple of different versions and get his approval and then move on from there. Well, that, that's great. That's great that he's that hands-on. I mean, yeah, I, I could not find anything about that at all other than the fact that, like, you know, on the wiki page that you guys were you know were featured in it with the two songs and everything so thanks that's uh trust me that's something i really did want to know <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yeah you know that's funny that there's not yeah there isn't i know like uh trying to find i you know cut myself a couple times i have like nothing from the old days i don't even own half the releases we have it's so bad you know i don't even own anything but i tried to research here and there a couple times and i ended up having to like buy those songs we did online buy it on itunes you know for the soundtrack i've done that with a bunch of silver time tracks actually <laughs> uh, so everyone in the band is kind of pathetic but i mean uh i definitely purchased those two tracks on itunes because i tried researching it and i couldn't find much about it so maybe i uh sympathize with you there <laughs> yeah i i know for a while there that the only way when it like when you guys first came out the only way to get those songs uh, off the album from iTunes, you had to buy the whole album at, when it first came out. Yeah, back then, so, that's true. I remember yeah. that. The whole album is like classical. Yeah, it's kind of like, um, I don't want all that. I just want these two yeah, songs. Yeah. <laughs> it's a score. It's like a pre theatrical <laughs> score. And then there were like randomly two Silver Tread songs in the end. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I just got two more questions for you real quick here. And and actually, probably just one. Do you guys, after you, after this show and after you go back in and you know record, do you does Silver Tide plan on uh, doing some more gigs? You know, I 
I would. I don't even know how to answer that because I think instinctively I want to say definitely yes. Mm-hmm. Except you know that there's a lot of planning to go into playing future shows. Half the band lives in L.A. Half lives here. Everyone does a million things besides the band now. Yeah. Although this is definitely a priority of ours, and we want to make it a priority as much as possible. Um, it's a little bit tricky um, to really. To arrange that. So we're definitely, you know, I can tell you this, I'm already talking to different booking agents and different people um, about doing stuff in the summer. Okay, um, so... Nothing, nothing, I will tell you this too, nothing is confirmed on what we'll do on what tours or what shows or this, that, and the other thing. It's just sort of all early stages of brainstorming. We just wanted to do the show just to be friends again, yep. get back in the room, see what it's like to play together, see each other, laugh at what each other looks like now, haha. <laughs> and, you know, uh, play this show in Philly and see, sort of establish what it was like. The whole thing is like, let's bring it back 10 years ago and see what this was all like, what gotcha. it was supposed to really be about. And then we'll we'll take it from there. Gotcha. Even including after writing the CD as a three-song CD, which is going to happen over the next month, we sort of just are like telling everyone, telling labels and managers, if you will, just to like chill out, give us like, give us like a couple months and then we'll let you know because we don't even know right now, you know. Mm-hmm. We just want to be friends and write songs and see how that goes first. That sounds great to me. I mean, I personally can't wait for the show. I bought my tickets right away, bought enough for my crew, and uh, we're really looking forward to it this Saturday. So. Awesome, man. It's going to be great. All right. Well, hey, uh, Kevin, thank you very much for taking the time to, uh, once again, out of your busy schedule and uh, talk with us and really appreciate it. And uh, everybody, if you're not going to the show, I really wish you could go, but... Uh, you know, beg, borrow, and steal if you can get a ticket from somebody. That's what I would tell people. <laughs> that helps the thing. Don't go there. Uh, like, well, I, I say beg, borrow, <laughs> steal. I didn't say necessarily, you know, get raped over the coals. But, uh. <laughs> <laughs> they could listen to them all the next two days, actually. That's right. Hey, everybody, they check really out Jackson's show. Okay? Because yeah, uh, this is going to go yeah. out tomorrow, so. Yeah, well, Sean, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule to uh, do the interview, man. No, 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 my pleasure. Um, Everybody, until next time, this is Sean and uh, the Sunclaim Bands. Thanks. The statements, views, and opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the individuals and in no way reflect the views of Sunclaim Bands, its parent company, or subsidiaries.